Our scripture reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 2. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation from his love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, then make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Friends, this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now I'd like to dismiss our kindergarten through second graders to join Pastor Renee for children's worship. Love it. And now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this sacred space be found pleasing to you. Oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, a fly that had been crawling along Wilbur's trough had flown up into the lower part of Charlotte's web and was tangled in its sticky threads. First, said Charlotte, I dive at him. And so she plunged headfirst toward the fly and dropped a tiny silken thread from her rear end. Next, I wrap him up, she said. So she grabbed the fly and threw a few jets of silk around it, wrapping it so tightly that it couldn't move. Wilbur watched in horror. He could hardly believe what he was seeing, and although he detested flies, he felt sorry for this one. He can't feel a thing now, she remarked. He'll make a perfect breakfast for me. You mean you eat flies, gasped Wilbur? Well, certainly, Charlotte said, flies, bugs, grasshoppers, choice beetles, moths, butterflies, tasty cockroaches, daddy longlegs, centipedes, mosquitoes, crickets, really anything that is careless enough to get caught up in my web. Do they taste good, Wilbur said. Oh, they're delicious, Charlotte said. Of course, I really don't eat them. I drink them. I I drink their blood. I love blood, Charlotte said. And her pleasant, thin voice grew even thinner and even more pleasant. Don't say that, gasped Wilbur. Please don't say things like that. Why not? It's true, and I have to say what's true, Charlotte replied. I'm not entirely happy about my diet of flies and bugs, but it's the way I am made. Wilbur lay down and closed his eyes. I've finally got a new friend, he thought. 
But what a gamble friendship is. Charlotte is fierce, brutal, bloodthirsty, scheming everything that I don't like. How could I ever learn to like someone like her? Of course, Wilbur was merely suffering the doubts and fears that often go with finding a new friend. But in good time, he was to discover that he was quite mistaken about Charlotte. Because underneath her bold and cruel-seeming exterior, she had a kind heart. And she was to prove loyal to him to the very end. So for the past month here at Highland, we have been talking about what it means for us as a community of faith to create a sacred space for one another. That it's so much more than these stone walls, this building, that it really has very little to do with this building at all. That it's about being a people and creating a space that is welcoming and that is healing for people who've been wounded. And a space that inspires us and challenges us to be brave with our lives. And ultimately, a space that is for everyone. A space where people who might never have crossed paths otherwise come to share the same pew together, or sing from the same hymnal, join the same choir, and share life and ministry together in such ways that ultimately change all of us. And I think at its best, church can be this beautiful kind of sacred space together. Of course, what you also discover after being part of a church, any church, for a period of time is that church can also get incredibly messy. Perhaps as messy as the muddy feeding trough of a livestock pig named Wilbur or the sticky web of a spider named Charlotte. (laughs) And what happens when their lives begin to intersect like we see in this beloved children's novel, Charlotte's Web, by E.B. White. And while you and I aren't necessarily barnyard animals, we are human. All of us. With different perspectives and ideas and ways of going about doing things that sometimes can clash up against each other. And yet, Paul's letter to the Philippians reminds us that love is best expressed across lines of difference. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility, consider others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. It's a beautiful text, and it sounds really great, doesn't it? But we don't always get it right. Because this this kind of love calls us to set aside our power and our pride. In his commentary on the text, Scott Hosey writes that pride is forever driving us to amass as much power for ourselves as we can 
and then to flaunt it so that we can see in other people's eyes flickers of their respect or awe or maybe even fear. But not so for you, Paul sings out. Because we follow the universe's most powerful being ever, and yet this God does not use superior power to inspire any kind of dread or fear or shame. No, God willingly sets aside power for something that is greater, and that is love. This invitation to love one another with a selfless and humble and others-focused kind of love is probably the most rudimentary principle of our faith. And yet, at the same time, it is probably the most challenging practice of our faith that there is. If it were easy, we would have all of this figured out already, wouldn't we? Because it's hard to love sometimes when we disagree, Or when we operate from such different understandings. When something that just makes common sense to one of us, like killing a fly in your web in order to have breakfast that morning, is something that seems completely absurd and absolutely horrifying to someone else. It's hard to love sometimes when we're tired or stressed or just at the end of our rope when we are worn down and feel like we just don't have much left to give. And it's hard to love when life gets messy, when words are exchanged or feelings are hurt, expectations aren't met, and things don't turn out as we had planned or hoped for. But if we can't love one another inside of these walls, how are we ever going to extend the radical love of Christ to people outside of these walls? And if people don't sense a spirit of love for everyone in this sacred space with no exception, then why would they ever even bother coming back in the first place? I'm especially mindful these days of the decline that so many churches are experiencing. Gallup released a poll last year that reported that the majority of Americans do not belong to any kind of faith community, be that a church, mosque, synagogue. It's the first time that membership or belonging in some kind of faith community has fallen below a majority since Gallup first started asking the question and taking the poll in 1937. But I also won't forget what a former member of Highland, Guthrie Graves Fitzsimmons, wrote in response to the findings of this poll last year in an article that was actually picked up by CNN.com. Guthrie writes, I hope my fellow Christians who deeply care about the future of our movement to spread the gospel of love will recommit ourselves to build a movement that more people actually want to join. We must contest the popular depiction of what it means and looks like to be a Christian today. Because church decline is not a rejection of our message of love. It's a rejection of our movement's failure to model that message for the world. And I think we can all 
see in our minds the situations and names and faces and stories that have failed to model that message. And if we, if we Highland are going to model that message for the world, I wholeheartedly believe that it begins right here. It begins with us when everyone in this space is treated as a beloved child of God. And when we create and embody a sacred space that is for everyone with no strings attached. I still remember the the steering committee's conversation when we were brainstorming themes and ideas for this campaign. And that tagline, for everyone, was so important. Because sacred space is nothing if the people and the faces aren't reflected and represented as a part of it. I love what Gary Hall, who's the former dean of the Washington National Cathedral, says about this particular calling of the church. He says that a church, even a great historic church, will be a credible leader in peace and justice only as far as it can learn to bask in the grace and abundance of God's compassionate and transforming love. That even a great church will only get it right if they begin with love. You see, I fully believe that God is doing and wants to keep doing big and bold and abundant work among us here at Highland. You can feel it in the air. It's buzzing among us these days. You can sense that the Holy Spirit is up to new and beautiful things in this place. We are calling a new and incredible minister today, and we're so excited about the gifts and energy and joy and passion that Justin Sizemore brings to this hard and holy work. We're celebrating a capital campaign and the amazing work that God is doing through the generosity of this congregation. But the greatest work that God can do doesn't begin with our plans. As thoughtful and well-intentioned as they may be. And it doesn't begin with task forces or bylaws or search committees. It doesn't begin with capital campaigns or the beautiful music we make or the pastors who lead us or the social justice causes that are such a crucial part of our identity. All of this is great. But I believe with every fiber of my being that the most important work that God can ever do at Highland begins with love. And love for everyone with no strings attached. It happens when you and I give ourselves over to the love of a God who does big and bold and abundant things that we cannot imagine doing on our own. Because a church, even a great church, will only be a credible leader in peace and justice in this world only as far as it can learn to bask to give and to receive in the abundance of God's transforming love. You may remember the scene near the end of Charlotte's Web. I'm pretty sure I weep every time I read it. Wilbur the pig is entered into the county fair. And the people flock to see him and admire the amazing words that are woven into the spider web that is above his stall in the barn, the last of which is 
humble, which I think is pretty telling in light of today's scripture reading. Wilbur doesn't win the blue ribbon, and they think it's all over, and Wilbur's going to be gone by Christmas. But then they come out and they give a special prize for Wilbur's unique creativity and the words that he and Charlotte have created, which means that Farmer Zuckerman will cherish Wilbur for as long as this little pig lives, and he'll make it through Christmas after all. Wilbur lay resting after the excitement and strain of the ceremony, and his medal still hung around his neck. He could see it out of the corner of his eye. Charlotte said, Wilbur, after a while, you seem especially quiet today. Do you feel all right? I'm a little tired, perhaps, but I feel peaceful, she said. Your success this morning was to a small degree my success. You will live safe and secure, Wilbur. Nothing can harm you now. All these sights and sounds and smells will be yours to enjoy. This lovely world, these precious days. Charlotte stopped and a moment later a tear came to Wilbur's eye. Oh, Charlotte, he said. To think that when I first met you, I thought you were cruel and bloodthirsty. Why? Why did you do all this for me? Why did you save me? I didn't deserve it. I haven't done anything for you. You have been my friend, replied Charlotte. And that in itself is a tremendous thing. Well, Wilbur said, I'm no good at making speeches. I haven't got your gift for words. But you have saved me, Charlotte. And I would gladly give my life for you, too. I really would. Highland, when our lives together can't help but to become some kind of sticky mess, and we're tempted to throw in the towel, throw our hands up in the air, May we remember these words to consider others as better than ourselves. May we give of ourselves toward the interest of others. Because that kind of love is a very tremendous thing. And that is what makes the sacred space for everyone. May it be so. Amen.